For over 20 years, Dr. James Maxwell and his team at Crestwood Dental have been providing quality care to patients of all ages. They offer a variety of services from cleanings to cosmetic dentistry and restorations with today's most advanced technology, including the most up-to-date lasers, digital x-rays, and impressions. They offer Invisalign and custom aligners with their 3D printer. Crestwood Dental accepts most insurance plans and a membership program for uninsured patients. Schedule today at 314-463-5655 or crestwooddental.com. I think we're going to start. It is the last-minute blues podcast. Donnie Fandango, Jamie Rivers, Jeff Burton. The third or the fourth time is a charm, gentlemen. Isn't that? <laughs> well, what you talking about? Everything's good, man. Over here, you'd think by now that Jeff, you know, would have this figured out. But every time, it's an here adventure. It is. Here we go. And it- I'd like to say I'm surprised. Oh yeah, but I'm not. Well, but you, but then it also like works out because then the the the, the ball busting after the fact <laughs> is so worth it. You know what I mean? Like it's I'm getting pretty crap great. from a guy that I'm assuming was never a healthy scratch in his entire career, right? <laughs> oh, Me not geez. knowing how to do production 30 years into my in my radio career is like being a healthy scratch. To be honest with you, really, and I'm not even hurt. You, you know will be in a minute, though. <laughs> Keep that up. <laughs> okay, and we're on the way. Okay, right. so so obviously we're going to talk about some hockey. Uh, in a bit, but I gotta I gotta ask you, dude, something here real quick. This is a complete and one hundred percent nothing to do with hockey. First world problem, and I want you guys to to weigh in on this. All right. So a couple months ago, I made plans to go to Kansas City tomorrow night to see Ben Folds and Violent Femmes. Mm-hmm. Ben Folds, one of my favorite artists of all time. As a matter of fact, that's why my oldest is named Ben because of Ben Folds. His daughter's name is Fold. That is incorrect, right. but anyway, I got it. Thank anyway, you. Anyway, go ahead. So, Over. Anyway, made these plans forever ago, and in the course of the last couple of weeks, I've had to take some days off because we've had some things popping around the house. So now, we're supposed to go tomorrow. My son is super excited to go. I don't want to go. Now, why don't I, you want to go? Because, yeah, man, wait. Well, wow. because dudes, like, I, here's the thing. I don't want to do the four-hour, because we're not staying over. So it's just going to be a four-hour drive to KC to see Ben Folds, to see the Femmes, and then to come back. And with there has been so much crap happening this week that, dude, I just feel like an old man that wants to, like, stay at home tomorrow night and watch a ball game. You know what I I'm saying? I get it. I get it. It sucks when the drive takes longer than how long you're going to even be there. That's what I'm saying. Well, yeah. it sucks because... The drive home, like, two things. One, you probably don't want to get all banged up in front of your kids, right? Because we know we go to the concert, we're going to get right, all banged yeah. up right. a little bit, right? Like, <laughs> right. For me, is is, is is easier than I think for yeah, you're looking folks. at the wrong person when you say that. Me. Look at me. What yeah. I was actually, what I was doing there, Jeff, is I was using Donnie to uh-huh. get to you. Yeah, you were talking, I, like that when Donnie I have, was the conduit, right? You know, like, yeah. oh, I have a friend of mine that I'm asking for. <laughs> right. I was trying to help you out there a little bit, but uh, no, but I, I get it, okay? Now, let me ask you. As I'm sitting here listening to you, I'm wondering why are you not spending the night? We are not spending the night because I just didn't want to put I didn't want to put down a hundred bucks or whatever to to stay to just come to turn back around. Basically, you don't want to spend a hundred dollars just to sleep. So I, your kid yeah. is not worth a hundred dollars. Right, is what you're that's saying. What I'm getting from that's what you're it. saying. Yeah, the experience isn't point. worth a hundred dollars yeah. to you. Yeah. Does it's, it help at all that I took my kid to Detroit a few weeks ago? Not to see, really. Because that's kind of a punishment. Play? I played in Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's kind of a punishment. Yeah. Okay, I don't know if that's a bonding experience, yeah. except unless you had to go back to back when you were standing in the middle of Woodward Avenue and people are trying to mug you. Uh, <laughs> that could be bonding, dude. But you know what? On a side note to that, I have never seen 
such aggressive panhandlers that we saw outside of Comerica in Detroit. Really? Dude, it Donnie, was, they're called muggers. It was, <laughs> dude, it was crazy. Like, there were two different times before this one game that we went to where the, the panhandler was yelling at the person because they didn't give him any money. Like, oh almost starting a fight. It they was shame crazy. you. They shame you into I mean, it, for sure. That's what it was. I hate to be this guy, but yeah. I got so uh, turned off, for lack of a better term, for uh, people panhandling. A million years ago, they were still building the dome where the Rams came and went. Mm-hmm. When we were in the old building over there, Tucker, yeah, Cole and Tucker. Tucker, and they were still constructing. And I remember I was parked in front of there, waiting at a, at a, at a traffic light. And this lady came up, there was, who was obviously homeless or at least dressed that way, and was was, was panicking. And she knocked on the the window of my car. And I rolled down the window, and she had a brand new pack of cigarettes unopened in her hand, another pack in the other hand that had three or four darts gone, and one in her mouth. And she's asking me for for money because her kids hadn't eaten today. Did they like the taste of cigarettes? That's what I'm saying. I was like, you got to be kidding me. Whether she went and purchased those cigarettes with her own money or with begged for money or if somebody gave her those cigarettes – I don't care. Your kids are at home hungry or wherever they are, and you're walking around with cigarettes in your hand. From And that, and there was another guy, too. You remember the dude that was in the wheelchair that had the yellow flag on the back of his motorized wheelchair? He used to go to the old arena. We would see him walking to the thing no before way. the game, walking <laughs> He wasn't walking. We were. It's like oh. trading places. Yeah, it, it was. That's what I was thinking. His it's name was Billy fact. Valentine. Right. But Billy Ray Valentine. Billy Ray Valentine. But my point is, I like like it was yesterday. I remember my, my older brother, Greg, and I leaving the game. We saw him, and he had like a coffee, a huge coffee can filled with money, and we gave it to him, and then we went down to the landing afterwards. You remember the landing? Oh, yeah. We went down to the landing, and he was already there by the time we got there because he had a cab waiting for him. A limo. Uh, probably a limo. Yeah, Jeez. exactly. Yeah. I, I, so I can be a Maybe rapper, hired man. Clyde, the limo guy. <laughs> Old Clyde. It's good. To, I just hope he's still working. Well, yeah. I guess still working, but he was working a lot back then, I suppose. Yes, so uh, so hang on. So let's cycle back yeah, now yeah, yeah. to Donnie not wanting to spend $100. On right. his kid. On yeah. his kid. Yeah. On the experience. Yeah. Please tell me why. I just don't know. I just, it feels like, honestly, the eight-hour drive feels very daunting to see an hour 10 Ben Fold set where I have probably seen before because he has not released a new album that has anything is new your, that I love. Is your kid into him? Or? He loves Ben Folds. Okay, loves so that's, ben your, Folds. that's your answer, though. Like, you'd be like me taking my boys to go see Kiss and KC. I would... Drive the four, and I understand. Oh, it's an hour and a half. I've seen this show before. I've seen Gene Simmons spit fire. I get it all, you know. But your kid hasn't had that yet. Yeah. So you're literally handing down a tradition to him. Yeah, but we've seen Ben Folds together before, though. This okay, so you seen together in KC, though. We have Maybe we that. should hook no. ben, your son Ben up with like a Big Brother situation. Somebody that's going to care. You know what I mean? Yeah. One of those guys. Jeff, that could I'd be. nominate you. Ooh. I bet oh, you yeah, do no, that. Donnie, you know what? I'm no. out on that. I'm out could on it, that. Could it get any better than Jeff, though? Come and on. Donnie's in for the hotel after that. <laughs> yeah. And the designated driver. And, like, Mary was originally going to go, and now she's not going to go. And, like, it, it's just, like, it's turned into a legitimate almost cluster act. And here's the other thing. You, know you I mean? will have a chance to go see him with, go see Ben with Ben at another time. Yeah, dude. And I'm even thinking, like, it's I'm not even, like it's a, It's not like it's a goodbye tour. Yeah, yeah but it's dude. the violent femmes, too. Yeah, it's the femmes. A little blister in the sun, baby. Yeah, man, and they're always so good. That was actually the femmes were the first show I ever saw at Mississippi Nights. That was the first time oh that I'd God. ever wow. would ever been to wow. been to Mississippi Nights, which was a couple of, which I think was in the fall of like 1993. 
three, I think, would have been the first time that I saw them. That would have been the height of Mississippi Nights. That would have been the height of it right there. Absolutely. Talking about when people used to go down there. Wow. man, dude. You you and I spent, I'm pointing (laughs) at Jamie, we spent a lot of weekends there one night. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. And that's one of my best and least favorite memories about when I hung out with you and Jimmy Campbell was when we would go out a lot and we were there and, and I... Statute limitations, or hopefully you're not hanging around with this dude anymore. But you know how the, the the dudes and they were they were you guys were kind of a big deal at the time. And hangers on, oh the back yeah. patter club, dude. I hate it, and I'm getting goosebumps right now because possibly I have diarrhea, but also because of this memory, Jeez. which is doing this, waving his empty Bud Light bottle at either you or Jimmy, just going, give me another one. Like this, one of your hangers on guys. That was got to be Jimmy's because uh, my uh, hangers on would have got a punch this. in the mouth. Right I would there. hope so. It was talking to somebody and just, hey, Jimmy, this. You know, oh, I hated that so much because I was always that guy with you. Did I let you buy? Absolutely. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but, I'm like, Jeff, please, you never left sober. Yeah, Come but on. I never in a million years expected it. Oh, dude, oh. and you wouldn't, you wouldn't do that oh, to your buddy. My oh, my God. Listen, you learn a lot of things in life. And when you're really young and at the time, you know, now compared to what they make these days, it was nothing. But right. when you're making a paycheck that we were making, you really don't care. And when you're young, you're like, every night's a party. Yeah. Like, it just is. Like, when we go out, like, the Field of Dreams, like, if you build it, he will come. Yeah. You know, yeah, they yeah. will come. And it's like, oh, my God, it's fantastic. And you get not wrapped up in it, but you start to not care. And so these people want to hang out, and they actually become part of your fun right mm-hmm. because no matter what when you call these people they feel obligated to go out with you right so it, it, in a weird way you're kind of using them too mm, because not every though. night do you have your other teammates and all that that want to go out and so you grab these 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 hangers on whatever those fish are called you know the fish that oh, hang yeah. on the sharks yeah. <laughs> right right and you go hey uh, i was thinking about going to let's just say mississippi nights you want to go? Oh yeah, sure. Oh yeah. Well, why don't you call so and so too? Grab him and and her and him and her and and all of a sudden, boom! You've got a party and you've really had nothing to do with it. You just go out there. What was your uh, Donnie? And I know you got to have stories too. Uh, I would imagine the urge has uh, at least one place in in this lexicon. But your craziest memory from Mississippi Nights? My well, I'll tell you my most my well my my craziest one was that I got to sing "Bark Like a Dog" with them on stage. And then stage dive off one of the monitors. Nice. And um, it was amazing because when Steve called me up on stage, I swear he was looking at somebody behind me. <laughs> right. And so then when they did finally bring me up on stage, I just couldn't, I couldn't believe it. Right. Like, I'm on stage with my favorite band. The place is going absolutely bonkers. And, you know, I got to sing a couple lines or whatever. And then I got nervous and jumped off the jumped off the thing. <laughs> sure, but that was yeah. cool. But there was one night in particular that I remember um, after one of those urge shows where we closed the bar down. And then we went down the street somewhere, I don't know, until 3. Probably the Wax Museum someplace. Most likely. Educational. Like yeah. Most likely. Maybe the but late mass. We, we came <laughs> back. And they had opened the bar for us, but it turned most of the lights off. So it was just like kind of dim mm-hmm. and just us in there hanging out and drinking, being ridiculously wasted after a great night of hanging out. You know, well, like there's a couple of great ones. And I don't know if you went there enough to have some memories from there. Well, you or can't not, forget, but... I got a lot of friends who were in the band circuit. You remember oh, a couple true. of those guys. Yeah. And then another group of friends that have, you know, I don't want to say they've made it really big, but they're kind of big news is Seven Dust. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And when those guys came through when they were just getting started, Mississippi Nights was on. You know, one of the the road trips for him. This was 
God, when they were just getting started. Well, there was another band. Was it Seven Dust? There was another band with the number in it. Um, they played at the side door one time. But that was Double Drive. Was it Double Drive? Double yeah, Drive. That, that's they not were a, a hell of a band, too. That's not a yeah, number. No, it's, not, <laughs> it's not a number at all. Yeah. But, but they, they uh, I like your effort. You were like really close <laughs> with them, right? I yeah, think, these guys were in my wedding party. Yeah, that's right. Wow. Uh, spent a lot of crazy nights Double on drive. the circuit, we'll right. call it. And, and Mississippi Nights was a regular stop for these smaller bands coming through. It was a great venue, as you guys know. Anybody yeah. who was in Mississippi Nights at that in that era, yeah. it's like, oh, my God, some great times. Yeah. yeah, one of my favorites was actually an Urge show, and it wasn't because of going up on stage because I wasn't Donnie with them. You were always the royal treatment, and one of my favorite Donnie Urge stories, I can't say, uh, but I'll tell you another time. Uh, but that when can they be purchased on the side <laughs> willing to donate money. When they played with uh, Two Skinny Jays. Uh-huh. And the only reason why, besides the fact that I, you know, I, I didn't really know anything about Two Skinny Jays at the time, but now I do, and I still do listen to their Spotify every once in a while, is I brought somebody to that show, and it was their first time ever seeing The Urge live. Wow. And, and it's so great that you two are standing here with me because two great things to do with somebody is bring them to their first ever Urge show, bring them through their first ever Blues game. Yeah. And I've gotten to do both, and the the, the reaction on their face is uh, similar a lot it, of times. It, the, I just remember that first Urge show that I went to with my buddies, and the intensity level in that pit being something that I had never experienced before, and I've never been a quote-unquote tough guy, obviously, but I loved mixing it up in there, yeah. and it was so amazing. And then also, too, like, they never felt like I knew they were a St. Louis band, but in my eyes, in my head... it. They were so much more than that. Yeah. They were just this amazing national band that everybody else was behind on that we knew about, you know? Yeah. So I just I just love that play. I, I just also too I miss I love the pageant. I love Delmar Hall. I love the new venues that we have, but I love dirty, gnarly clubs where you're like, you know what? I'm not yeah. going number two in this bathroom. Yeah. There's no way. Yeah, there's you no know, way. There's just something kind of rock and roll about it, man. Uh, 100%. Pre- yeah. Presidents President of the United States of America, and I know you've heard this story before, but they played there a million years ago in Peaches, and what was the other one? Kitty, uh, and Kitty and all that and was, was really Lump. Lump, yeah, Lump, Lump was, was the big Lump one. Was the big one. one. Yeah. I was at Mississippi Nights when they played. I heard the entire show but never saw a single thing of it. Because remember that when you walked in the front door, the men's bathroom was right there to the left? Hammered when I got there. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll just go into the bathroom and just puke real quick. I was in there the entire show. And this is when my uh, morning show's billboard was up with you and Jimmy Campbell and and the other people on the show. (laughs) And people would come into the bathroom. You remember, there was no door on that stall. And they'd come in there and go, oh, there's Burton puking. And I just, I never saw a thing. I heard the entire thing in between. That's, that's always, that's always nice too. When you're at your, when you're at your best and somebody's like, Hey, Hey, Donnie, how are you? What's going on? Well, I'm currently sitting in urgent care, so things aren't real great. (laughs) I've had a couple of those moments, um, not in urgent care, but where you look back on it now. And I remember specifically, there was a night in a bar downtown here where I used to think it was funny to go to the bar after games and uh, which was winter time. So you'd have your trench coat, right? And I go to the bathroom and take my pants off and then just wear the trench coat around and wait and see how long it would take for people to notice that I wasn't wearing pants. Are, so, you, are you serious right now? I swear to God. Now, can, uh, cl- clarification. Like not naked. Okay. I was going to say underwear. Boxers, on. No boxers. Okay. Yeah. Boxers right. are on. Still, still. Still, yeah. And we are still riding the law train here, but anyway, go ahead. Well, not really, because I'm like, if I was wearing a swimsuit, nobody would say anything. Good point. Right. 
right? It is December and you're downtown at a bar, but okay. And you pull the dress socks up, so you're looking like that dude that's hanging out by the schoolyard with a bag of candy. Right. You know? And that was your goal here. It to, was just to, to look to, just like that. Yes, it yeah. was. That was exactly the goal. And I would go and come out and wait and see how long it took and just drink and act and, you know, laugh and joke and do until somebody finally said, dude, are you wearing pants? <laughs> and that was the game. And then how, we'd set bets. The longest? You know, what was the longest? What was the longest? Did you go all night and nobody even said anything? Well, it went so long one time that you have to up the ante, right? Oh, boy. So then the next thing was the jacket came off. So then I had dress, shirt, tie, everything buttoned up normal, but no pants on. And then that took about four or five minutes before somebody noticed and came over. And then at that point, you know, the over-under was set. And so somebody won the pot of money that night. Dude, I just can't imagine walking (laughs) to a bar going... Holy it's Jamie River. Well, that's he doesn't thing. have any pants can't on. Can't do that now. Can't, can't do that now. It wouldn't say anything. It'd just be click. Back then, it would be. It was hilarious because people would laugh and then buy you a shot or whatever. Right. Like, God, yeah. I don't want to party with this guy. He's got no pants on. You know. And now it'd be like horrifying, yeah. and I would be sent to yeah, somewhere let, where the hockey news couldn't even find. Right. Me. Let's take a picture and ruin this guy's career and everything. Well, it so may have helped. Happen. Yeah, that's a good point. No. And here's the cool thing: is we can bring this all back around to actual hockey. Yeah. Because how cool is it that the Urge has the goal song now down? there and, yeah. the, and the year that they win the cup and they oh played uh, video coach assistant coach sean farrell had the cup for a day oh, that's and right. yeah, at, at delmar the, hall at delmar, and yeah. the urge came yeah. and played the show which was fantastic by the way yeah that, that is thank you for the invite on that by they, the way. they were yeah, i wasn't in charge of the invite list <laughs> Um, if you were, even if I been. was, it probably would have been the same. Yeah. I love your honesty, asshole. Anyway, you know, hey, real quick, and speaking of the speaking of the cup, uh, Jamie, I'm curious to get your thought on this real quick to talk a little hockey. I I cannot remember what writer it was that made a real big deal about Robbie Fabry uh, having his Campbell. dog, yeah, having his dog eat out of the top of the cup. It to me seemed like a total crabby old man, Who cares? crabby old man kind of thing to say. Ken Would Campbell is a weasel. Oh, okay? okay. He is, a, we'll call him a bird watcher. You know, the guy that hangs out by the showers after the games and wants to try and interview you while you're showering? He's a bird watcher. Obviously, you can put two and two together mm-hmm. with that. And he's just a, not a good guy. Anything he writes, he tries to write something that is negative. If you go through his history of articles with the hockey news, it's always something, something stupid, too. Mm-hmm. And he picks fights with everybody. And this is just Ken Campbell being himself, acting like, oh, the, the, the Holy Grail, the Stanley Cup should not be eaten out of by a dog. Well, does, does Ken Campbell know what that cup has been through? Does Ken Campbell realize that the cup has a keeper of the cup now for a reason? Yeah. Right. Has he not seen any of the other pictures from any of the other years? My he gosh. has, but it's just him being, you know, I, I call it, you know, what, what these days they call it, what, clickbait? Yeah. Yeah. You know, he got his clicks. Yeah. And that's what he got. He got people's attention. And look, we're talking about yeah, it right we're now. We're talking about him on this award winning podcast. <laughs> it's award winning. <laughs> exactly. Projecting. But it makes me feel better in a way, though, because when I see people write stupid stuff like that, I go, you know what? At least I'm not that level of crabby old man yet. Right. Yeah. It, you know, yeah, I'm, same not, here. I'm, I'm not quite there. But He's it just, just looking seemed for like attention. much ado about nothing, man. Let these guys enjoy themselves, man. They worked their ass off for nine freaking months or however long it was. Yeah. Do whatever they want with it. You know, they own it for this period of time. Quite honestly, the team owns it until somebody takes it from them. So even though the NHL, you know, governs it and all that stuff. But right. my point is, is that you've you've won this trophy that so many have bled over and done all this and wanted it so bad and couldn't get it. And now you've got to do whatever the heck you want with it. I and like I said, the keeper of the cup is there now so that they don't break the cup because the cup had a few times where it got launched and got thrown into a pool mm-hmm. off a guy's upper deck. And you know, all Was this- that in Dallas? 
No, it was Pittsburgh. Okay, because I had always heard the story. I hate to I... sell Mario Lemieux out, but wow. Yeah. But who was it? But uh, <laughs> actually, it was. I, I forget. I, I'm not going to say because I'm not 100 percent sure. But I do know that when Pittsburgh won it back to back in the 90s, that's when the keeper of the cup came. After that, because Pittsburgh was like out of control, <laughs> like it got left in a cab. One oh, night, God. and the cab driver like called somebody the next day from the team. Was like, "Hey, I've got the Stanley Cup in my cab." Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. by, by the way, <laughs> what I, a tip! I, I, went to, I went to turn in my cab, and there was a Stanley Cup in the back. Cup and, Who would have thought? But don't worry, I put it in the minivan. Everything's I brought good. it in. Guys, get your table right now. Guys, let girls take it home for the night. You know, wow. they meet somebody. Oh my God! Yeah, here, take the cup. I mean, it is and a pretty good to opening out, line. Yeah. You know? I mean, want to touch my cup? I've, I've, <laughs> oh, done, a lot, I've done a lot to try to get laid. I can't say I wouldn't try to do that. Right? Either. Yeah, that, I'm that's, just saying. I wouldn't put it past hey, myself. Speaking of cup sizes, like lady, hey, you know what? And we were talking. Chris Kerber was on on the Riz show this morning with us, and he was talking about. You know, I think Riz said something like, "When did it really sink in that this happened?" And he said it really hasn't sunk in for him yet. I think it kind of has sunk a little. But to me, it's really going to be super, super real when the season starts and you keep hearing people like Chris Kerber and Jamie Rivers on Fox Sports Midwest and on 101 ESPN and stuff saying defending Stanley Cup champion. Man. That to me is just going to be amazing when we hear that. It's crazy. It's really crazy to think about it. And, you know, you, you pinch yourself a little bit from time to time because of how crazy it was yeah. last year. Yeah. Like, talk about adversity. And we've been over it a thousand times. How many little obstacles, how many big obstacles they had to overcome. And they did it, and they won the Stanley Cup, first one in franchise history, and everything that followed that was epic. It's just been unbelievable. Yeah. And so now, yeah, I, I think the next big moment is opening night when they raise the banner. Oh my and, God. you know, the building's under renovations, right? It's got all this fancy new purple, stuff. And all, purple seats are gone. Purple seats Damn. are gone, and now we're going to add a Stanley Cup champions banner. And and again, I was saying, and Donnie, I know you've probably seen this too, (laughs) because I watched the NHL Network even in the off season, especially now that the Blues won the Stanley Cup. But they were they put a graphic up the other day of here's the teams that have won the Stanley Cups in the uh, Stanley Cup in the last ten years or whatever, and the Blues were on that list. You know what I mean? Yeah. Only once, and we were at the bottom because we just did it. But we were on, on the, the list. We're included in the club now. Like when they do video montages of the NHL season coming up and all the – they have to in- include the Blues now. Dude, it's – We're on the other side of the velvet rope. Well, one of my things – <laughs> You know what I mean? I get it. I love my walks. You know, I've been tired. I've been walking a lot the, the last month I saw month Donnie so. on 4th of July, and he was walking. I go, what are you doing? He's like, getting in my steps. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> uh, and look at him. Just walking through my neighborhood and the neighborhood's around us and seeing the flags in yards and the stickers on cars and even the people that are walking around that have the Stanley Cup t-shirts it makes me smile every single time and I still don't feel like it's completely and 100% sunk in and then on top of it when I start to like you know kind of let the you know hockey season right around the corner sort of thing they're going to be friggin good again I mean well yeah it's they're they're almost the exact same team so yeah, it's crazy. So I mean, I'm optimistic that we can make noise again. I understand back to back is very tough, all of those sorts of things. But man, I mean, this is a really amazing time. And then also too, as a sports fan in St. Louis, this Cardinal season has not been an easy one to watch. Yeah. So the, you know, this kind of blues hangover or whatever it's called has really kind of softened that. You know that that sort of blow as well. It's just been a really rad thing for the city as a whole. And we talked uh, last time we were here about Pat Maroon, and I completely get it that he's not coming back 
Uh, we did a we did a softball game a couple weekends ago where Pat Maroon was involved, and of course they they had him talk with the crowd after the game. Yeah, thanks for the invite on that yeah, one. Too, I, if, if I was putting it together, you both would have been there. <laughs> Trust me, I would have exchanged you for at least one of the other legends that was there. Um, but in his speech to the crowd, it sounded like a goodbye. Yeah. It really did, and it makes sense. I mean, you broke it down before. If you got Barbashev left and you got Maroon, who are you going to sign? Well, look, and they're still they're struggling to. As it looks, anyways, it appears that they're struggling to sign Barbashev, where even today the some of the headlines are that he's exploring options in the KHL. Wow. And it's not because he's trying to play hardball, but I get it. How often do you get to come off a season where you were an impact player, like he was, where he has he doesn't have arbitration rights or anything of unrestricted free agency, so the only leverage he has is how good he played and a Stanley Cup ring. Not often. Do you get that leverage? Right. And so he's trying to, I believe, <clears throat> excuse me, he's trying to get a very similar deal to Oscar Sundquist, which I think he's worth every penny of that. Mm-hmm. I think he's worth four years. Mm-hmm. I mean, these guys are almost mirror images of each other as far as statistically and all that stuff. But the trick is the Blues don't have a lot of money left. They've literally got like $2 million left. And 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 what was Sundquist's deal for? Four years, uh, I think it was like 2.2 per season. Hmm. So he got a good deal. He got a healthy deal. Right. Uh, Barbashev is looking for somewhere in the $2 million range is what I'm hearing. And you'd be hard to argue that he's not worth it. Um, will he? Will they run – I'm sorry, Jim. No, will they run that, that – is the goal to, to not only to pay him but to not completely run right up to the limit of the cap because you want to give yourself a little bit of, of breathing room? Yeah, like Doug Armstrong has talked about how he wants to create a $1.5 million cushion so that if he has to acquire a guy or someone, like sometimes things get hairy. And you're like, oh boy. And you don't want to be just literally throwing players away because you have to get under the cap. But here we are in a situation where Barbashev's unsigned. Training camp's literally around the corner, probably about a month away from training camp. And you have $2 million in cap space, but you got to get a player signed for $2 million, which obviously would lead you to zero money left. So what do you do? So now he's probably, in my opinion, probably trying to explore avenues with some players that are fringe players about maybe making a deal or a trade or something to free up at least a million dollars. So so you don't want to, before the trade deadline, you don't want to be able to not be able to do anything because you don't have any cap room is what you're saying. Or you don't have money left. Hurt, or you know, if you get a couple defensemen down or something like that. Well, yeah, that's it right there. And, and now the league will let you carry a little bit over, you know, until the regular – like it's like a five-day period before the regular season starts where they're like, this is what you need to submit. And if you're over the cap, well, big problems. Okay. You know, nobody has been over the cap yet uh, since it's been, you know, put into position, I think, oh four, oh five season. I remember because we were locked out for an entire season. Thank yeah. you, Gary Bettman. Yeah. <clears throat> Boy, that's Anyways, right. yeah. Um, Wonder why everybody boos him. Yeah, can't imagine why. Uh, but anyways, so nobody's had that. They've teams have run up close to the cap and been in panic mode, but they've never had to face disciplinary action by the league for being over the cap. This would be a tough position. This would put them right up there. They'd have to, they'd have to waive a guy and get rid of him, basically. Right. So, so you say, hey, maybe he's going to look at some of the fringe players. And I don't know if you're privy to this information, but is somebody like a Jordan Cairo, is he going to be ready this oh, year? I would, hope, I would hope he wouldn't be a fringe uh, player. Uh, well, uh, what I'm saying is somebody who wasn't uh, a player last year. Yeah, I think he's talking about young different. kids that are 
fringe player to me is somebody who's a healthy scratch regularly. Oh, okay, okay. You know, I, I, I that's was what thinking I was thinking of somebody thinking like Michael Delzato. Okay, who gotcha. I was thinking of for like okay. a fringe. Robbie Fabry. Gotcha. Okay. But, you know, the problem with that is your fringe players don't make a whole lot of money. Even if you even if you consider Jordan Cairo a guy that you're like, wow, willing to get rid of. Well, one, his contract isn't even on the cap right now. So they're up against the cap, and that's another reason, too, is what if Cairo makes the team? What if he's good enough to play? Now you've got Barbashev and Cairo. Now you're way over the cap. Right. Right. So now what do you do? So this is a very interesting scenario for Doug Armstrong. And it can't be like a sign and trade or anything anything like that either. I mean, why would you, I guess, yeah, at you that point? Well, yeah. If you were going to do that, you probably would have done that with somebody who uh, is bigger money even, and you would have done a long time ago. Get, get, more, get rid of more cap room that way. That's right. I yeah. But right now the only option is to trade with – no players coming back in the trade, so acquiring draft picks and things like that, or a minor league prospect, basically giving away a player, but you're trying to recoup some of it. Right. Or you waive a guy and hope that he clears waivers so you can keep him in the minor leagues, or somebody picks him up, but then you lose a player for nothing. Right. Yeah. So it's tough. How do you see it breaking down, Jamie? <sighs> well, they're going to sign Barbashev. They have to, in my opinion. He's I not going to go to the KHL, Right. He's not going to do this Saboka, please. I don't think so. No, he's not. Listen, here's the thing is he's not trying to go down that path. Saboka is kind of an arrogant decision to do what he did. I think Barbashev's in a situation where he sees guys around him, especially overall in the league, let alone teammates that have signed deals that are comparable to what he should be paid. It's probably tough for him to sit there and go, look at, I'm not going to sign a one-year deal at a million dollars for the team discount. Like I made a million dollars last year. And I'm a Stanley Cup champion. And guess what? The t- you needed me to right. win this championship. Yeah, I was a part point. of that championship. Yeah. I just wasn't in part the box. Of it. Right, right. That's right. right. So, you know, I just think that I don't think he'll sign in the KHL. I think he'll use it as leverage. I think that he'll get offers if he hasn't already. I think his agent will present those offers to Doug Armstrong saying, hey, look, this is real. So, you know, you better hurry up here. Um, I think he'll wait. I think this will bump right up to training camp that week of and I think they'll get it done. And then I think Doug Armstrong will figure out where he can go from there. And guess what? A lot of times guys show up at camp. They're not in shape. They haven't been dedicated. They've let, you know, whatever Stanley Cup hangover or they just haven't bared down. And that makes it easy for a guy like Doug Armstrong because he's like, you know what? Uh, you're you're the one. Boom. And, and Barbashev, you were ta- we were talking yesterday. He already went through that whole hangover thing, right? Wasn't it him that was <laughs> he had yeah, a good year and ago. Then, two years ago? Yeah, and he, he had that kinda... big year where he came up in the playoffs against Minnesota, and uh, Mike Yo had played him with Vladimir Tarasenko. They had a great, great run. They came back the following training camp and wasn't in shape. Yeah. He had enjoyed himself. We talked about he had a little too much borscht yes. over in, in Russia. <laughs> I thought that was code for something, by the way, but that's actually be, food over there. It could something. be anything yeah. or food. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so then they sent him to the minors. Is anybody surprised, I know I am, that Robbie Fabry's still on the team? I yeah. thought that dude would be yeah. almost player number one, not coming back. Well, here's the, th- here's the deal is he's an asset, right? And so what you have to be careful of is just not qualifying for a very low number, too. Because you look at 900000 to a $1 million, I know it, sounds, it is a lot. But when you're qualifying a player that is of his status or what it once was, it's not a lot of money to hang on to his rights. Mm-hmm. And so that's what happened is they qualified him. He signed the qualifying offer, making it you know a full-blown contract in, in effect. If you just let him walk, like Robbie Fabry could be a nice chip in a trade somewhere. Where if you have trade player A throw in Robbie Fabry to a team, like let's say the Carolina Hurricanes, mm-hmm. they've had a lot of you know trying to reclaim projects, 
reclamation projects down there where guys try to get their stuff back together. Right. So you throw in Robbie Fabry, all of a sudden the deal gets better coming back your way, and now you're a million dollars more off the books. So to just lose him for nothing, yeah, I think that would have been silly. Just I, to be like, yeah, oh, you can go goodbye. Yeah, and, well, yeah. and I'm not, I'm not saying that I hope the Blues did that. I just thought the writing was sort of very much on the wall. Yeah, for, from with a Craig fan. Berube and and and. Well, I think him. the writing is on the wall. Okay, I think it is. Okay. Um, you know, I don't think Chief is a huge fan, uh, and I don't think that Robbie's necessarily in the plans long term here, mm-hmm. but he is an asset. Right, and so you got to figure out the best way to maximize that ac- asset, and figure out if it's by trade, if it's by throwing him in somewhere. It- yeah, so he's a nine hundred a nine hundred thousand dollar chip that may not actually be valuable to the team on the ice, but could be in a transaction somewhere. One hundred percent. Like if you're trying to hypothetically trying to trade Jake Allen, right? If you're trying to, and I'm oh, not saying you hear this rumor. Did you hear the rumor? <laughs> I know. Here everybody? we go. Hey, Twitter yeah. alert. Twitter alert. <laughs> Call what's his name? Ken Campbell or whatever. Oh yeah, there he is, Kenny Campbell. Yeah. yeah, he'll write it. But if you were trying to trade a player like that. And, you know, it's maybe a player that's not completely worth their value. You throw in a Robbie Fabry, and now you've got two players that now they equal the value about right. And you're like, okay, now we'll make that so deal. Robbie Fabry is playing the position of added value. He's not a forward. He's an added value at this point. I believe and so, it's up, yes. It's up to him to change that. If, if that's right, yeah, yeah, ultimately. If you're Jordan Cairo, if you are Kim Costin, isn't that Costin? Klim. Uh, Klim Costin, yeah. Don't get his name wrong. He's got a bit of a chip on his shoulder. Yeah, yeah, he, he hates does. ball guys. Yeah, that too. That's <laughs> unfortunate. <laughs> so if you're if you're those dudes, how how the hell you crack? How do you crack this roster? How do you how do you crack it in a way, especially for like Jordan Cairo, where you're getting meaningful time and you're not just up here playing once every four games or five games? I mean, this seems like a team that's going to be tough for these guys to make it to make it on. And then thing. it's that's another oh, for sure, yeah. but then it's another year of this high draft pick where you know maybe he's not where he wants to be or needs to be. Potentially. Well, here's the problem with what's happened with the NHL in the last five years, I'd say, maybe even longer, is these young kids have just been given opportunity. They haven't earned it. And there's a lot of guys around the league that have turned into busts, right? Two years in, they're like, people like, ah, he's not the player we thought he's only 21. Right. Clinton Costin's 21 years old, I think, maybe even 20. Mm-hmm. He's played two years in the minors. So imagine, you know, what his future could be. He hasn't even figured it out yet. Yeah. Right? yeah. And Jordan Cairo, why would you rush him along? He spent last season, had a great season in the American Hockey League. Then he got injured. Then he couldn't even skate with the Black Aces in the playoffs. He had to go home and get therapy and this and that and the other. So why would you rush him back in the lineup? This reminds me, the Blues setup right now reminds me of teams when I came in the league where there was very little turnover. And a young guy that made your team, it's because he was that good that you needed him and wanted him on your team. It wasn't just because, well, he's a high draft pick. We got He's a Sidney Crosby is what you're talking about. You had to be that good you to break to be, a lineup back then. That's as a right, because yeah. they already had guys signed in that position. And so when you came in as a young guy, you literally took someone's job. And that was always awkward, too, because sure. you see the guy being called into the office after Ooh, practice man. or tryout or whatever you want to do, and then he's packing his bags and leaving, and you're unpacking. And you're in the locker room with all of his buddies. That's right. And and their buddy is now out of but a job. But that's what it's all about. Yeah. That's what it's all about. I, I mean, that's it, how everybody became buddies because everybody made the team. That's exactly right. And it, that's how you created the competition. That's how you created guys who respected the game and respected the process of getting there. And so now with the kids coming in nowadays, 
Like sometimes they're just handed this opportunity and they yeah. don't really respect it. And then two, three years of people are like, well, you know, he's not really the player. He doesn't have the character we thought he did. Well, no kidding. You just handed him the brass ring and right. said, oh, yeah. I don't care what you do with it. It's like giving your 16-year-old a brand new car on their 16th birthday. Some will handle it well. Some will not. Exactly. Yeah. So anyways, I think that this year the competition will be really high. It'll be through the roof. And if these young guys were smart, they would have trained all summer long, hoping and praying that one of these veterans partied a little too much and shows up to camp out of shape. And you can spot that guy on day one, and then you just go after that spot. Wow. That's man, how it so works. Do you know what I can't imagine, man? And while you're thinking, while he was talking about this, I was just thinking, like, being that veteran that shows up out of shape and knowing yeah, in your you head new. that yeah. you're plump or that you're a step slower. Yeah, Man. yeah. Real before we uh, go here, uh, do you, does everybody have dates in their head, like uh, when training camp and and first games and all that stuff? Do we know any of that stuff? I don't remember. I don't either. I know a lot of it has been released, but it's. I mean, that's the crazy thing about winning the Stanley Cup. You turn around and, and everything's starting again immediately. Yeah, I Good. think training camp officially opens the week of September sixteenth. I believe. Um, because I know guys are coming in the 14th, 15th, and then they have testing set up. So that's usually indications that, you know, something starts that week. However, I could be wrong and full of, you know what. Yes. <laughs> hey, wait, so if we true. keep doing this podcast, are we going to – well, we're going to keep doing this podcast. Are, is there going to be a point where we can, like, cuss? I mean, you can. I was I'm ready to let it fly, like, to. three times today. Yeah, but me then too. you kind of looked at me, Donnie, like you're worried, like I was going to let it fly. <laughs> and then I feel like it's like I'm looking at my father, and I'm like, oh, I better not. I would say, oh, gosh darn it. Gosh instead. darn it anyway. First of all, I am not old enough to be your father. Your mother and I dated briefly, first of all. Uh, I'm sorry. You I call apologize. that dating? <laughs> oh, God. Dating? I, Who I knew think, she was on Tinder? I, I did not I, know. I, honestly, I Roofies think Roofies on the first date doesn't I, count. I, I think she this gave might, to me. I think this might be the time to wrap it up. I'm just I saying. Know, I don't well, I wish Jeff would have wrapped it up. If I wouldn't have wrapped it up, we wouldn't know Jamie Rivers over here. I, I wonder. Thought, I think this is, again, a good place to, to end the Last Minute Blues podcast. Jamie Rivers, uh, Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango, you'll hear from us again very soon. Thank you, as always, for listening to download it. Peloton, let's go! This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit.